what's up everybody welcome back for another episode of your most favorite fantasy football podcast the eig fantasy football podcast your host eric erickson joined as always by the commish what up what's going on connor how you doing man how's life life is living at the moment we're in week six now of the eig plenty to be excited about we got lots to get to on the pod today gonna recap week five dive into some new segments make a couple announcements for you guys and as always break down the matchups for the upcoming week week six which is already started going on right now currently the patriots holding the lead over the giants currently the patriots defense is holding the lead over the giants yeah yeah not too much fancy wise going on for anybody except patriots d right now Patriots have 21-14 as they're recording. 11 minutes left in the fourth here, but I digress. Uh, Connor, looks like you want me to apologize to someone off the bat. What's this? That's Wow, I'm surprised you don't even know. Are you really – you're feigning innocence right now? Yeah, I am. Okay, well, let me just tell you something right now. I got a text from my guy, Andrew McCory, today. He told me that you tore him a new asshole last podcast, and he wanted me to point out to you the point disparity – from the two players that I got versus the two players I traded last week. Just just tell you once and for all that you were incorrect about your assertion that it was an absolute one-sided trade. So I've, I counted about myself. What can I say? I've done some arithmetic. And it looks like Jarvis Landry and Nyham Hines got 16 points last week, while Philip Dorsett and Chris Thompson got 6.3 points. So – Clearly, Andrew wanted to point this out, just letting you know that you were incorrect, and apparently I am the one who got the worst end of that trade. Well, you know, if it was only a one-week trade and you guys were trading back to players, then maybe he would have won, but since it's a season, you know, face football is a season-long affair. I'm not sure if, if Andrew knows this, but, uh, you know, we're playing all we're playing all 16, not 16 weeks of the season, fantasy-wise. I mean, maybe, I've looked at his team, maybe he doesn't know it's a... Yeah, maybe long. not. Yeah, I don't maybe know. Not. Who knows? But, uh, but what I will know, say is that we finishing from the last two <laughs> seasons, going twelfth place and eleventh place. Maybe he doesn't know. He hasn't had to know because he's never been in the playoff race. But uh... well, once again, going hard, going hard. I like it. But I will say, who knows? Maybe we'll trade back players next week. You you said we we won't. Maybe we will. Who knows? Yeah, it could be an EIG first. You never know. Yeah. But anyways, no apologies to Andrew. <laughs> Still a terrible trade. <laughs> uh, but you know, maybe he could take a take a rib at some of the trades I've made. Um, but we'll get when we'll get into that a little bit more later. Uh, I also got another update I wanted to bring up. Uh, something interesting I found uh, on Monday. I uh, you know things are going well in life, so I uh, purchased a new phone, upgraded. Congratulations! And what'd you uh, get? Got the iPhone 11. Wow. No, no big deal. And I was upgrading my phone and, you know, firing up the new one and was making sure all my contacts transferred over and was going through my contacts and noticed a pretty familiar name. And it was going through my contacts. I saw the name Kyle Davis. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what? Shout out. And so, you know, I had to think back on that one a little bit. And I realized that Kyle Davis was a guy that I used to work with. So... Shout out Kyle Davis. Shout out Kyle Davis. Did you call him up? Let him know he's got a shout out on your podcast. Didn't call him up, but you know, maybe, you know, if things keep going well for Kyle Davis, maybe we'll have to, you know, have him be a special guest on the pod. It's, oh, that'd be great. Or you should call him up and record it and not tell him that you're recording and then play it on the pod. That, that, may, that may be illegal in the, you know, in the state of Washington. Oh, maybe. But, I don't uh, know. I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. But, you know, not too many people listen to our podcast, so it probably wouldn't even matter. <laughs> 
But as you guys can hear already, no Wow, and the guys. host is advocating breaking the law because no one will find out. I like it. We're off to a good start. No special guests on the pod today. Just me and Khan breaking down EIG, giving giving you guys our hot takes. Yeah, some of the guests lately have been just subpar. I just was thinking to myself, you know, I could definitely do this myself. And I'm sure, Eric, I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. Oh, I mean, yeah. people come on the, post, the podcast, they throw mud at us, right? They disrespect us in our own house. And yet we're like one in two top two teams in the league. It's like maybe if people, you know, took the time and effort to listen to what we had to say, they'd be doing better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, me and Connor just dropping quality fantasy advice every week, and some of you aren't even listening to the whole podcast or even the podcast at all. Pretty disappointing. No wonder your guys' teams are no good, and me and Connor just dominating the top of the standings. But you know, digress from that. We got a lot to get to today, so let's let's get right into it. Let's let's quickly though. We got to recap Week Five, all that happened in Week Five. And uh, Connor, I'm gonna start with your matchup first because it was our highest scoring matchup. Yeah, and uh, you took on Spencer and came away victorious, improving to five and zero. McLaurin F1 racing with a hundred fifty four point one to one thirty point six victory. Really high scoring affair. Uh, it was a really high scoring week for all fantasy. Um, your big boys came to play. McCaffrey with forty four point seven, and Eagles D with thirty five. They kind of carried the load for you. Not the kind of lackluster performances from some of your some of your other players, but what do you think of your of your game this week against Spencer? You know, it's true, and this is a consistent theme every time I'm on the podcast, which is every week except for that one time where I was in Wisconsin, is that I just like to repeat that my team is literally underperforming, and yet my team is so nasty, it doesn't even matter. I had three players score less than one point, and I'm still the second highest scoring team last week. That's absurd. So I don't even know what to say to you guys. I'm just shrugging right now. Like I just left so many points on my bench. It's like, oh, I guess I should have played Calvin Ridley. I mean, obviously, Philip Dorsett, who I really like, he got injured on the first play from scrimmage. Jalen Samuels, who I spent a ton of money on last week on the auction, tweaked his knee, so he's out for a month. That kind of sucks. Um, and Joey Sly, dude, I don't know what the hell that guy's doing. So, I mean, it, it's you know, it was a tough week. I actually thought it was going to be pretty close for a second there. But, uh, you know, I came out with the W. All right, and now let's take a look at our high-scoring team of the week. That's Ben Hazari. A little bit of a surprise here. He throws up a whopping 162 points and an easy victory over Hovey, 162 to 111.2. And, uh, you know, this one, the Cowboys-Packers game was the, the big game for Ben. He has Amari Cooper go for 34.1. And the newest addition to his team, Aaron Jones, rushes for four touchdowns and finishes with 45.7 points. How do you feel about that? You literally just trade this guy away, and he has literally a record-setting day. So, yeah, I, I dealt on Saturday morning, I dealt Jones to Ben for Odo Beckham. Right after church. Yep, exactly. Right when I you know, got home from praising Jesus, I yeah, was like, you know you're what I need to do communion, now? You're in line for communion, eat some wine. Trade for Odell Beckham Jr. That's what I thought. That's what I thought I needed to do, and that's what I did. And, you know, at the time, I thought it was a good trade. I, you know, I'm still going to stick by it. That When I made it, it was a great trade for me. Obviously, oh, wow, great trade. Okay. Obviously, in the first week, it didn't work out. And uh, now I've already moved on from Odell Beckham Jr., which we'll <laughs> dive into later. So it doesn't really matter what I think about Odell moving forward now that he's not on my team. But, uh, you know, it, it stung a little bit seeing him score four touchdowns. But, you know, at that, po- at that point in the day, I had already pretty much secured victory over Jordan. So let's take a look at my matchup. I, I take down here, he, here, he, 124.5 to 92.7. Um, a big day from DJ Chark. 
scoring 32.4 points and Dalvin Cook going 22.8. And uh, another rough day for Jordan. Yeah. Last last week he had two players in double figures. He stepped it up this week to three. But uh, he's got four. He's got the Vikings D at twelve. Oh, Vikings four for twelve. So he wow. doubled it. Four players in double figures. Wow. But uh, looking at Jordan's roster, a huge opportunity missed on the bench. Will Fuller finishes with forty six point seven points, but he's not in the starting lineup for Jordan, so it doesn't do him much good in that one. Would have gave him the victory if he did play him. He goes with Marquez Valdez Scandling instead. Not a bad play with Devonte Adams out, but Valdez Scandling finishes with just two point three points. Um, I, I can't say that I would have gone with Fuller over Valdez Scanling. I feel like, you know, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and Fuller was the obvious play knowing, seeing what they did, but I can't really blame Jordan on that one going with Valdez Scanling with, with Adams out. Connor, what do you, what is your thoughts on that? You know, um, I think that if, if we were just looking at our league in a bubble, I I have to agree with you, right? I mean, I feel like with Adams out against the Cowboys, probably a high scoring affair, which it was, you think that, uh, MVS would get some more puntos than uh, 2.3, but and I know we're going to talk about this, so I don't want to bring it up too much. But Jordan also played Will Fuller in on Fanduels and got a ton of points from him. So obviously Will Fuller was on his radar. So I wonder if maybe he was back and forth and it was a close call. But I'm kind of shocked that he went with Will Fuller in Fanduels but didn't play him in the EIG. Yeah, and Fuller was uh, going into the week a lot of hype around Fuller's matchup against Atlanta. So, yeah, a little bit surprised not to see him go with them, but uh, it ended up working out for me, so no complaints here. Uh, let's stay at the top of the standings. Uh, another four, another team improving to 4-1, and one, that's Andrew McCorry. Kyle Davis uh, gets a convincing victory over Tristan, 135.9 to 109.9. McCorry gets a zero from Sammy Watkins, but it doesn't even matter because everyone else on his team except his kicker goes double digits. And Jarvis Landry also just finishes just shy at 9.5. But he gets two touchdowns from Adam Thielen and over 20 points from each of his running backs. So a pretty convincing victory here for McCory. All right, and uh, moving on to our next matchup. We had a little bit of an, an upset maybe here. Joe takes down Jerry 143 to 105.4. Um, I know, I think it was a clean sweep in the picks last week. Everyone went with Jerry, but Joe able to pull an upset here. His receivers come up big. Chris Godwin with 28 and Allen Robinson with 25.2. I know maybe a few weeks ago there were some thoughts. Maybe Joe was on his way to a second straight non-playoff finish. Connor, are you starting to worry about how Joe's team is looking as he is slowly moving up the standings? Sure. I mean, just in, you know, just in the war for the elves, you know, Sauron lost initially. He went into hiding for about two, I think it was 200 or it was about 500 years, right? And while the, the realms of men rebuilt themselves, then he finally was able to try to get that one ring that he had forged in the fires of Mount Doom. And then we get the Lord of the Rings. So I'm not surprised. I mean, obviously, Joe can take the punches. You know, he'll go into hiding for 500 years, come back out, get the one ring. I really think that he needs to be on everyone's radar as someone that we need to focus on to get out, to kill, to definitely have lose in fantasy. And the worst part is that he doesn't even really have a, a logo for his team, which I feel like it's week six. You should have a logo. Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Step it up. Have some creativity for once in your life and get a picture in there. But uh, let's wrap it up here with week five and look at our last matchup, our lowest scoring matchup. That's 
Curtis taking on Chris. Curtis comes away the victor, improving to two and three with a 99.4 to 80.4 victory. Just keep in mind, this Curtis scored the third lowest in the whole league and just happened to be playing the lowest. So yeah. good job, Curtis. Chris, good defense. Chris falls to 0-5 with his league-worst performance. Uh, rough one for Chris now, as it's going to be hard for him to climb back into the playoff race in the wins column, obviously, but always a chance with that last spot going to the points, Victor. Curtis with the big start on Thursday night. He gets 29.8 from Russell Wilson. No one else really of note to his highlight there except Edelman with 21 for him, but just uh, not a great performance for any of Chris's players, really. Mahomes gets 18.5. Not terrible, but not what you're looking for out of Patty Mahomes. And falls to 0-5. He's Connor's opposite. So, uh, you Can know, I Connor said so? it last week. Whenever exactly. he wins, Chris loses. So, if, as long as Connor keeps winning, if, as long as we have an undefeated team, it looks like we're going to have a uh, winless team as well. I mean, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So, obviously, that just gives away my predictions for next week. All right, and that does it for the Week 5 scoreboard recap. also want to give a quick daily fantasy update so once again jordan takes down the fan duel contest with a score of 161.84 jordan the beneficiary and daily fantasy of will fuller he goes with De- uh watson to sean watson and will fuller gets 46.7 from four and 41.7 from watson as well as 22.8 from Dalvin Cook. Not too many other crazy performances from the rest of his lineup, but those three enough to get him done. Connor, you came in second with 147.14. Um, you, you had DJ Chark in your lineup, I think, until Saturday night. What what happened there? Dude, so uh, I, I don't want to say I got cold feet like a bride going to, you know, trying to get married to a guy her parents set her up with. We've all been there. But what happened was is I, I, I forget who I had at quarterback, but I was just not confident. And I feel like I, I, I feel like the Tampa Bay New Orleans game was going to be really high scoring. And I felt like Jameis had really shown a lot of improvement the last two weeks. So he was going to score a lot. So what I did was I took DJ Chark out. I took out the quarterback that I had. I upgraded to Jameis Winston, and then I put in Keyshawn Johnson, a wide receiver for the Cardinals, who got me a solid four points. So if I had just kept with DJ Chark, I probably would have won. Uh, but once again, you know, Jordan's killing it on the fan duel. And uh, Connor, I think this was your first daily fantasy experience. Is that right? Ever. That's right. What Actually, was, I'll be honest. Dude, well, oh, we haven't even talked about this, but I've been trashing daily fantasy to all my friends. You know, like I just walk around town. I go to work, you know. They're always like, hey, Connor, what's that? How's that project you said you're working on? I'm like, dude, Daily Fantasy sucks. I fucking, you know, stick with the year long redraft league. And they're all like, Connor, you better get this done or you might get fired. And I'm like, you understand, redraft leagues are fun, but the real problem is that you're stuck with these guys for a whole year and it's harder to make those uh, lineup changes really quickly. I was really impressed with FanDuel's, man. I, uh, I actually, I really liked it. I was a much bigger fan than I thought I'd be. I recommend anyone who's not interested just to give it a go for one week and see what happens. Um, and it's one of those things where you get to choose from any players and you get to really pick lineups and guys who you like. And it's, uh, it's actually really awesome. All right. Yeah, some good words there from Connor. Definitely agree with what all he's saying. Uh, I think this week uh, we've done a few free weeks. I think we want to try to put a buy-in down on this week's FanDuel contest. We're going to do a $5 buy-in. You can Venmo me. Just use my name as the username at Eric Erickson. Send me your $5 buy-in and submit your lineup. Hopefully you can get, you know, 
eight, nine, maybe ten players in, do a winner take all, have a nice little prize pool for for each week's FanDuel. Um, so yeah, excited, looking forward to that. Um, I'm gonna kick it over to Connor now. Some of you may not know we have a EIG spreadsheet that you can follow the weekly awards on and everything. And uh, Connor's gonna break down now that we're five weeks through the season some of the some updates on that. Yeah, first of all, I gotta give a shout out to my main guy Jordan Hazari. He actually sent me a text about the sh- uh, the Google Doc, well, the original Google Doc. And uh, truthfully, I hadn't really been keeping up with it. I believe I updated it for the year and I made a couple changes. And we kind of went over that um, in the first podcast that we did. Kind of want to rehash that. I'm going to repost it in the Discord after we're done here so you can take another look. But just to give a quick reminder, we got rid of the King of the Hill. It was so much trouble for its worth and no one gave a shit. So that's typical Axe material. Looking at the weekly challenges, we're now splitting that up between top scorer and then those uh, those random challenges trying to reward people for doing, you know, whatever we want. So instead of getting $10 for one of those, you're actually getting 20 bucks a week. So looking at the score right now, Mr. Eric Hovey already has 40 bucks in total earnings. So 40% of his buy-in for the whole year is already paid for, um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, he was the top scorer week three and then week four, he had the best quarterback. So that's very solid for Hovey. You have Joe, Tristan, and Ben also with 20 bucks to their name. Joe is the top scorer week one. Tristan had the best defense week two, and he played the Pats. And Ben was the top scorer last week. So looking on to week six, it's going to be double down on 12 week. Now for them, some of you who weren't at uh, British Columbia two years ago, we went to Vancouver. Uh, there was a lot of great stories from that trip, most of them about Joe at the strip club. But more importantly, we also went to – a uh, casino the first night i showed up well i guess it was my first night i think it was your guys' second and we showed up pretty late i remember i was at the table i think i put down 40 bucks and at one point i was up to 100 and i started losing and i had 60 bucks to my name and you know i'm a good gambler i said you know what this is my last hand let's see what happens i literally get dealt 12 and i'm like you know what double down and a fucking nine came. And let me tell you, I have never seen Joe with a bigger erection. And we are at the strip club, okay? <laughs> let me tell you, he was so jacked. He thought I cheated. He thought I saw the cards. I was like, no, Joe, I'm actually a goddamn savant. Check my fantasy teams are sick. So this week, the, the $20 will go to whoever's player gets the closest to 21 without going over. So you want to get 20.9. That would be the possible, the closest possible that you could get. If, if there's a tie, we'll split it up. No problem. But basically this week you get a free 20 bucks. If your player gets right under 21. What if they get 21? Shouldn't oh, then be it's the, uh, 21 maybe? or over, dude. Oh, wait, wait, is it, wait, is 21? Wait, if you get 21, you get a blackjack, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah, or 21. Yeah, yeah, that also works. I've really thought this out. So, <laughs> yeah, if you get 21, that also counts, apparently. See, that's how good of a gambler I am. I'm up to date on all the rules of blackjack. It's a, t- it's a pretty complex game. So 21 points is ideal. If you get 21.1, though, you're out. So it goes to the next player after that. Um, hopefully this will spread some money around to the people who are at the lower ends of the league, looking at Chris Smart, looking at Tristan, looking at Jordan, people who don't have a lot of wins, maybe looking at Spencer. You know, I want to throw some money your guys' way to keep you guys interested because if I were you, I really wouldn't be that interested. So All hopefully right. it'll be nice. Yeah, playing the price is right, rules can't go over. Um, you know, complete complete luck on this one. So I'm gonna think I'm gonna I'm gonna if I had to predict, I'm gonna say Joe's gonna win. Okay, you know, okay really okay. Luck, but I'll tell you what, uh, I think McCory's gonna win. All right. So we'll have to check in on that one. You wanna bet five, five bucks on this bet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it has to be Joe or it has to be McCory. If it's yeah, anyone if else, it's anyone so else it's a push. push. All right, yeah, sure, yeah, let's yeah. do it. 
<laughs> Put it on the board. Put it on the board. All right. And uh, Connor, you also have an announcement you want to make about uh, about oh. the EIG. That's right. So. Um... I have a big announcement, guys. I put this in the Discord. It got like 10 likes, which is crazy. I can't believe you guys are so active. Anyways, uh, mark it on your calendars. December 21st, we are going to have an EEIG meetup in Seattle. We're going to go to Art Marble 21 in South Lake Union about 6 o'clock. It's going to be the Saturday before the championship slash toilet bowl. It'll be the last chance everyone to get together. We'll be able to talk shit to each other. We'll be able to talk about the championship. Hopefully the two guys who are in the championship will be there. We can give them shit. We can talk about their teams. They're probably freaking out. But more importantly, we'll be able to see who's in the toilet bowl. We'll be talking about possible punishments. I already have about five written down since I was the recipient of the punishment last year. It'll be a really nice chance to get the whole league together. I really recommend everyone come. Bring your plus ones. It'll be a lot of fun. So hopefully I'll see you there December 21st at Art Marble 21 in South Lake Union. Awesome. It's going to be a good time. Looking oh, forward to that. Oh, what I'll say. One. Actually, let me add something to that. I'm buying the first round of beers. All right. On the nice. commission. All right. On the commission. You guys heard it. everyone show up. That's for everyone and their plus ones. So. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Gotta stick to your guns. <laughs> you put it out there. Can't take it back now. <laughs> Can't take it it's back. On dude. Podcast. It's on the podcast. Can't edit the podcast. Not for laundry. Not for nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So that's all the announcements we got uh for eig now we want to break down to a couple segments here the first one me and connor are going to play a name game we're going to look at each position and pick a few players who are maybe either close in points right now or with thought to have been uh close or maybe wouldn't expect to be close but are and give our picks on who we would rather have the rest of the season so let's start with the quarterbacks here. And the, this first one I came up with. Um, because, I know, I can tell. Because Con, Connor's quarterback is featured in it. And that's Gardner Minshew versus Aaron Rodgers. So Rodgers is currently sitting at QB19. While the mustache mania, Gardner Minshew, is currently sitting at QB11 in points scored. Uh, I'll, I'll start with you first, Connor. Who are you taking this one rest of the season? God, it's so tough. You know, I saw Gardner Minshew on the waiver wire, and I, I thought I actually picked him up in a couple other leagues that I don't really give a shit about. You know, my, my meme leagues, as we'll go over later. But, uh, you know, honestly, man, I got to go with Aaron Rodgers still. I think that Gardner Minshew is overperforming. I think he's a great quarterback, but I don't think he's a top 12 guy. And I think Aaron Rodgers is underperforming. Uh, for now so I think that even though the point disparity is pretty apparent right now I think by the end of the year and Rodgers will be have more points than Gardner Minshew and no I don't want to take a bet on it okay yeah I think I'm, I'm done gonna, losing money to you right? I'm, I'm gonna take Rodgers as well but this one I think is gonna be a lot closer than you, you would think um, obviously Aaron Rodgers you drafted him thinking he's gonna be one of those top three quarterbacks and hasn't really been that so far obviously True. it's QB 19 you just look at his schedule. There's not really many teams that scare you until really the end of the season. Uh, week 15 and 16, he plays Chicago and Minnesota in back-to-back weeks. Obviously, some tough matchups there, but you look at the rest of his schedule. You see Kansas City, Oakland, New York, Washington, just teams you think he could really light up for some big points. So I think Rodgers will be able to make it up there. Um, but you look at Minshew, his schedule is not, uh, not too uh, shabby either. Uh, these next four weeks, let's look at those. New Orleans, Cincinnati, Jets, Texans. Definitely some opportunities for him to keep putting up some big points. Looking at the rest of his schedule, no one that really scares you. So while I do like Rodgers the rest of the season, I don't think Minshew is a bad option if you were to continue with him as your quarterback. You know, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers is underperforming because his mind is on something else? Maybe 
Maybe he's thinking about breaking up with Danica Patrick and finding a new in, girlfriend. Maybe he's in one room and he wants to get out of that room. Yeah, and I don't he's know. so maybe. thinking about it too. Who knows? Who knows these things? In that, you know, that complex mind of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he doesn't have a relationship with his family, so he's a wild card. Anyway, moving on to the second one. <laughs> I put this one together, pretty sure. So I'm gonna throw this back to you, Eric. So I have Jacoby Brissett versus Baker Mayfield, man. Who's gonna score more points? Who would you rather have? So Brissett right now, QB twelve, make Baker Mayfield all the way down at QB twenty eight, but I'm gonna stick uh with Mayfield here and I think he's going to be able to turn it around. Obviously, the Browns haven't looked great at all. They've looked the opposite of great. They've looked terrible, and Mayfield's looked terrible as well. I just, I just think the Browns just have too much talent for for them to be bad the entire season. And I think Brissett, I think they they are going to be more of a run heavy offense. His, I just think natural passing ability Mayfield is uh, is better than Brissett, so I'm going to go with Mayfield on this one. More just kind of a gut call than anything. I'm taking Brissett, man. I really like what he's putting together. I like the Colts. I think they have an awesome ground attack, and we all know that will open up opportunities for Brissett to throw the ball. Uh, he has T.Y., who's having a decent year, better year than everyone thought. He still has Paris Campbell, who's been kind of injured, so maybe eventually when he – um, fixes all those injuries up, he'll be a threat. I, I actually think Brissett's a decent play this year, and Baker's look pretty trash. So uh, we'll have to see, but I'm going to go with Jacoby. All right, and the last one here, you came up with as well. That's Marcus Mariota versus Philip Rivers. So Mariota's currently QB 13, Rivers QB 16. I'm going to go with Rivers on this one. I just don't want to associate myself with fantasy points and the Tennessee Titans at all. Um, this is not a really fantasy friendly offense. Derrick Henry, their best, their only fantasy relevant player. They're going to be riding him, I think, the whole season. Mariota does have some rushing ability, but Rivers had a rough week last week against Denver, but I think he'll be able to turn around. And I think they're a pretty high potent offense. So I'm going to go with Rivers. I'm going to agree with you, but I, you know, I think that at the very end of the year, Rivers could easily have more points than Mariota. You hit on the right point, right? I mean, the Tennessee Titans offense is, uh, I don't, I just don't want to touch it at all. But I feel like week 15, if we ever even look at these old podcasts, which of course we're going to review like probably weekly in the offseason, right? So we can improve. I feel like there's a good chance that Mariota could actually outscore Phillip Rivers. All right. And let's look at the running backs now. So we got three, three, um, three duos we want to look at. The first one is Aaron Jones versus Melvin Gordon. Aaron Jones currently RB4 after his big week last week. Melvin Gordon played his first game and is now at RB87 after just about a five-point performance. I'll kick it to you first, Connor. I'm curious to see your opinion on this one. Who are you taking? I'm taking Aaron Jones. I, I, it's, it's tough, though. I mean, Melvin Gordon's obviously more talented. Uh, but he's got a lot of competition. I mean, Austin Eckler has had a great start to the year. Just ask Hovey. I'm sure he's pumped about it. And Aaron Jones, man, I mean, RB4, it's a little inflated because of last week. But, I mean, he's still a very solid RB2 up, up, up with a lot of upside, obviously. So I'm going to take Aaron Jones. Yeah, I think you can maybe even argue that Jones is a borderline RB1. But I'm going to take Gordon in this one. I think it's really close, but I'm going to go with Gordon. I think better days are ahead for the entire San Diego offense. So does that mean that you think that Melvin Gordon is a RB1? I would, yeah. I think, he's in, I think he's in the top 10. What about Joe Bernard, though? How do you think he's going to do? Uh, you know, maybe maybe getting into that RB2 territory, if you ask me. Maybe. Yeah, I hope maybe. so. Maybe. Pretty close, though. Maybe, you uh, know. Maybe getting close to RB1, uh, but uh, we'll see. 
we'll see. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Gordon. I just like I just think they're gonna ride him, maybe knowing that this is the last year they're gonna have him. And I think, you know, like I've said a few times now, better days ahead for the Chargers offense. And Jones, I'm curious to see what happens with Jamal Williams coming back, uh, as well as when Devontae Adams comes back too. I think that even kind of eats into some of his carries he's going to get. So curious to see what happens there. Uh, Looking at our next duo, that's James Conner, currently RB18 versus Todd Gurley, RB14. I'm going to go with James Conner in this one. It's it's kind of hard to know what's what's going to be the deal with Pittsburgh's offense moving forward with, with Mason Rudolph going down. And I can't even remember what the guy's name is who's starting at quarterback right now, to be honest. But he's he's not much to be scared about. So, you know, a lot of teams are going to be loading up the box against Conner until Rudolph comes back. Uh, but Gurley, you just don't really know about, like, the usage and how many carries he's going to get. And his health is obviously a major question mark as well. So I'm going to go with Connor just because of his his versatility. He can do it in a pass-catching game as well. So I'm going to go with Connor. I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think that uh, Todd Gurley has uh, – you know, honestly, we made these this list before it came out that Gurley might miss some time with a thigh contusion. I don't think that Gurley can hold up throughout a whole season like he used to be able to. I mean, obviously, he's RB14. He's having a solid year. But that longevity is pretty tough, especially when he's having some knee issues. Sounds like he's having a thigh issue. I'm going to uh, stick with uh, Connor on this. And by the way, the quarterback of the Steelers is named Devlin Hodges. Okay. Um, yeah, undrafted yeah. Uh, quarterback from Samford. Uh, that's not Stanford. That's Samford, which I believe is one of the branches in the office. Nice. Oh, uh, you know. Salute to uh, Devlin Hodges. Did I get that right? Yeah. Shout out Devlin Hodges if you're listening. Good luck next week. All right, in our last RB matchup here, we got Joe Mixon, currently RB32, versus LaShawn McCoy at RB21. I'll start with you, Connor. Who are you taking? So I think if you'd asked me week one, it'd be an easy answer, even maybe week two, maybe week three. But right now, I'm actually going to go with LaShawn McCoy. Looking at the the Bengals' offense, I mean, Joe Mixon has a ton of talent, but that offense is pretty garbage. That offensive line's trash. I don't know what Andy Dalton's doing. I mean, as someone who's half ginger, I'm embarrassed just watching him. Uh, but only half embarrassed. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with LaShawn McCoy. All right, and I am going to go opposite here. I'm going to go Mixon. I just think Mixon will get more carries. Obviously, McCoy is in a much better offense, as you noted, the Bengals' dysfunction. But I think on sheer you volume. You say McCoy is in a better offense? McCoy. Yeah, like McCoy has no offense. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, not, not having too many fantasy points coming for him, but uh, – McCoy's also been banged up a little bit, so he may miss some games. It still sounds like you're saying McCoy, though, instead of McCoy. You know, maybe I just struggle speaking. <laughs> you trying to make fun of me, Connor? Yeah, I'm not trying to. <laughs> it's fucked up. But anyways, I'm going to go with Mixon over LaShawn because, <laughs> just because of the volume here. All right, and looking at wide receiver now, just one matchup here for you. We got Odell Beckham Jr., currently wide receiver 35, versus Mike Evans at wide receiver 12. Seamless. I'll give it to you, Connor. Who you who you like in this one? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I actually don't like either of those guys. Uh, I know you just traded away OBJ. We traded for him and got rid of him, you know, just kicking him to the curb. And Mike Evans, I think, is kind of underperformed. He had one big week, but it seems like Chris Godwin is the guy to own in Tampa uh just based off of what i see i think it's gonna I'm, i have to go with mike evans but it, i don't think he's gonna be very consistent i think week to week you're gonna kind of roll the dice and see what you get 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Evans as well. Mostly just because I think Tampa Bay is just a more fantasy-friendly offense. Cleveland, pretty disappointing so far this season. You just really never know what you're going to get out of them on a week-to-week basis. Whereas I think Tampa Bay, no matter what, they're always going to put up some points. So I'm going to go with Evans. All right, and that does it for the name game segment. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we're also we're going to also give you guys an update on some of the bets that me and Connor have made so far this season. The many bets. So uh, we'll, we'll just get into it now. The first one that was made before the season, that was Matt Ryan versus Aaron Rodgers points per game. I took Matt Ryan. Connor, you took Aaron Rodgers. Ryan with a pretty big lead right now, currently sitting at 21.5 points a game to Rodgers is 15. Ouch. That's all I got to say to you, Connor. This one's not looking too good for you. Such bullshit, dude. Ryan just, uh, you know. Ryan sucks, dude. He throws so many fucking interceptions, but it doesn't matter because he has great volume stats. So, I don't know, man. I mean, clearly Rodgers, his his mind is somewhere else this year. I mean, who knows? Uh, could be at, you know, Dante's club downtown. Uh, who knows where his mind is? I think that um, he's definitely going to score. I think he'll average more than 15 from, uh, you know, week six on. But uh, it's not looking too good. And uh, another one we had was Gio Bernard versus Melvin Gordon. Total points weeks Gio. 1 through 16. Connor, you took Gio. He was your starting RB2 in week 2. You were not high on Melvin Gordon, so I took him. Uh, Gio currently with the lead, though. 19.3 to 5.8. I mean, Gordon. are you ever going to – are you a little concerned you're not going to be able to catch up? Yeah, I'm not sure. If, you know, if Gordon keeps doing that, it's going to take him a while to <laughs> catch up. But uh, – one thing I will say about this is that two things worked against me because I, I know that Gio has the talent. Number one is that the Bengals have an absolute garbage. So that's been really tough. Uh, and number two is that I thought Melvin Gordon would actually hold out for longer. So he came back a little earlier than I thought he would. Uh, compound the fact that the Bengals are absolute trash, which I don't really think anyone really saw. I think they were maybe pegged as like an average team. Now they're just bottom of the barrel. Not sure what's up with their new offense or their new coach. I know he's, you know, uh, Zach Taylor. He's got the whole, you know, uh, McVeigh. Oh, we're going to uh, offensive genius or something. It's apparently if you just are in the same room with McVeigh, you just get a job. So this guy apparently sucks so far. I'm not really happy about this bet. So we're going to move on. In fact, I'm going to move on because, no, no, see, I, I see what you're doing, dude. So we had DJ Chark versus Terry McLaurin, total points. Oh, 2 through 17. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I got you. Well, okay, that makes more sense. Well, anyways, Chark has 69.4. McLaurin has 58.3. That includes week one. What I am going to say, though, because <laughs> now I realize what, what the bet was. What I am going to say is that if you take out – okay, actually, we can do this on the fly. You know, that's, that's how I do things. If you take away – the first of all, he was out of game. So that's not fair because we're doing by volume. So that's a little misleading. Number two is that he had one game where his quarterback was Colt McCoy against the New England Patriots. So if you take those games away, he's averaging 17.2 points a game, which is actually number six out of all wide receivers. And number five is DJ Turk. So I think it's still going to be close. We're going to see how it ends up. Um, but I, I got to give you a little bit of credit for calling DJ Turk. That kind of came out of – I don't think it came out of nowhere, but I definitely think that the Minshew – Mania has helped you with this. Yeah, for sure. Minshew Mania has helped. Just got to say, Connor, you know, you did make the bet. It was weeks two through 17. So, 
Now, if you want an actual scoreboard update, it's Chark 69.4 to McLaurin 37.3. I'll, I'll get my statistician to check that. So a pretty big lead here for me, but you know, never know what can happen. Uh, injury takes one of these guys down and the game totally changes. Uh, our last bet that we had, that's uh, Aaron Rodgers will come out of the closet in his lifetime. Connor takes a guess. I'm on the opposite side of that. Um, I guess you would say at this point he's still in the closet. That's correct. That's what I would um, say. I mean, so. to me, I, I think it's guaranteed uh, where his feelings lie. Not that there's anything wrong with that. The, for me, the bet is, is he willing to come out? You know, Is he willing to show his true face? So that's really where I am. I'm trying to make sure that everyone can see my perspective. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that maybe I've enlightened you on some of the issues people face when they're in the closet. You know. So this one was a $100 bet. I want to make you a proposed a... change to this okay. hand, Connor. All right, because, what do you got, you know, dude? Um, what do you, we, want, you want to make it 500? Bet, you want my, you want my 401k? This bet, it's going to be something that lasts a pretty long time, most likely. I mean, I guess Rogers could come out in the next year or so and you would win the bet. But if I were to win the bet, it would probably have to go until Aaron Rodgers passes away. That's right. So we're looking, you know, 40, 50. I don't know how old Aaron Rodgers is, maybe 60 years down the line. So my proposed change is we each take our $100 that we've put up for the bet. We'll put it into a some type of investment fund, like a mutual <laughs> fund. And whoever wins the bet gets whatever is in that fund when the, when the outcome is decided. Oh, uh, I'll have to think about that because if he comes out of the closet, that means that my winning will be a lot less. So I'm actually taking worse odds on that because he's not going to come out on his deathbed. But you're well, still only putting up $100. It's, you know, I got I to gotta think about this. Let me come back to you. But that is a funny stipulation. So it's, it's, it's pretty clever, dude. Pretty clever. It Give yourself you better odds. Out there. An update. I like it. Okay. All right. And uh, Connor, you made a few bets with some other members of the league, it looks like. Yeah, uh, what can I say? I'm a, I'm a fucking degenerate. So um, I had – I basically asked Spencer on for if he wanted a side uh, side bet for five bucks on straight up on last week's match. So I won that. So thank you, Spencer, for the five bucks. I'll be using that to pay off Eric for all these stupid bets I've been making. And then I made a bet with Jerry last week on the podcast that I would outscore Chris rest of season. So I'm up on that. We'll and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, looking good. Uh, I already cashed in that one against Spencer. Good luck getting that money. And uh, the one <laughs> against Chris looking pretty good as well. So. Uh, some good bets made by you, you know, not as good as doubling down on twelve, but uh, but pretty solid. And uh, we got one more news segment we want to debut for you guys, and I'm gonna kick it to Connor to get this one going. All right, I've, this has been something that I've been keeping track of. Uh, you know, a lot of people when they're they're laying in bed at night, you know, what do you guys think about? You guys think of sheep? You know, you think about the world economy. You think about how much money you're saving. Maybe you have a lot of stress. You're thinking about work. What I think about, I think about all the fucking idiots and all my other fantasy football leagues and how funny it is when they make mistakes. So this segment's called You Should See My Other League. Now, I have a couple interesting anecdotes from the other leagues that I'm in. Maybe you're unlike me. Maybe this is your only league. Maybe you're a diehard EEIG fanboy. EEIG till I die. Or maybe you're like me and you have five other leagues. Yes, I'm in six leagues. Kill me now. And maybe you're in leagues with people who you don't actually really give a shit about, but they invited you and now you're stuck there. Or maybe you're with family and like, oh, this weird uncle invited me, so I guess I'll join. Oh, I'll check it every couple weeks. So let me just give you a couple updates on what's going on in my other leagues. I'm in a family league. 
literally everyone except for three people, three out of uh, 12 people are in Illinois. I never see him. One guy literally dropped Marlon Mack because he was on bye. Lucky for me, I had one out of 12 waiver pick. So guess who's on my bench this week? Marlon Mack, the running back 15. I can't believe he did it. Now, I'm also in a noob league, I'm calling it. I got my family league. I got my noob league. And I know it's a noob league because I actually cared last year, and I was in the championship, and I I lost because it was a week 17 championship. And all my players were sitting out because of the playoffs, which is ridiculous. This week, this actually, this league's crazy. You have three bench spots, and you have four IR spots. You have four IR spots. It's insane. I believe that the commissioner didn't understand that you can have someone out for a week, but you can't actually put them on IR. So I don't really know what's going on there. But what I will say is there's a guy in there. His name is Richard. Yes, it's Richard. It's not Richard. Don't you ever call him Richard. It's Richard. He drafted in his first seven rounds. He took Melvin Gordon, Tyreek Hill, Hunter Henry, Darius Geis, and Baker Mayfield. He's sitting at 0-5, and he's losing every game by at least 30 points. So it's been going great. I also got to add in that league that just today I picked up Tevin Coleman. He was a free agent. Like he was just sitting there, just Tevin Coleman. I was like, oh, cool. I need a – I could use a, a fourth running back, Tevin Coleman. So – some people, you know, they take fantasy football seriously. I like to think that this league is one of those top-tier leagues. You know, people really got to put in the effort, got to grind out, got to find those good players. And then sometimes people just really don't give a shit. And uh, it's absolutely hilarious to me. And, you know, I really enjoy it. So I hope you enjoyed some of those classic anecdotes of noob slash family leagues. All right. And I'm going to keep mine short since most people don't care about other people's fantasy <laughs> leagues. So one, one league I'm in. I care. I care. Someone offered. I had. Uh, I'm looking for a quarterback. Uh, so someone had Tom Brady. They offered me Tom Brady for Chris Godwin straight up. Whoa! Did you pick it up? Uh, no, that one was a pretty quick decline. And then this other league I'm in, someone uh, offered me Dak Prescott and Todd Gurley for Dalvin Cook and DJ Chark. <laughs> wait. Oh wait. No, wait. that was Tristan <laughs> who offered me that trade. Oh shit! My bad, Tristan. My bad, man. Uh, but seriously, that's probably one of the worst trade offers I've ever seen, and I pretty much quickly declined that one. And uh, that was after he had offered me uh, another terrible trade offer, but this one trumped it. So I just had to give it a quick shout out there uh, to Tristan for a great trade offer. Shout out, Tristan. I, I love how the dynamic that we have in the podcast is I spend the whole time talking about myself and how pretty I am. And you spent the whole time shitting on other people. I really like this to and fro we got going on. Exactly. You know, sometimes, you know, you just got to come with the smoke. And, you know, if you can't take the heat, then you just got to get out of the kitchen. Yeah, if there's smoke, there's a fire. Am I right? Exactly. But uh, getting back to EEIG, we're going to quickly take a look at the waiver wire and the trade market. And then we're going to break down our week six matchups and make some picks. So let's take a look at the waiver wire, the auction report. And uh, not too much action in the waivers this week, uh, but a couple big moves. The, the highest bid goes to Jerry. He spends $71 on Chase Edmonds, the backup running back to David Johnson in Arizona. Connor, what do you think of this one, um, this move by Jerry? You know, it's pretty clear that in our league, if you want to get uh, like a high-tier handcuff or a, or a running back at all, you got you to gotta shell out some cash. And we had Jalen Samuels. We had Dwayne Gallman. Now we have Chase Edmonds all going for, you know, easily over 70 bucks. I actually really like Chase Edmonds. In fact, I wish I had the fab to even put a bid in this week. Uh, David Johnson's at battling some type of injury, it looks like. And Chase Edmonds actually is getting some playing time 
even when David Johnson was healthy. So he's a guy who I had on my radar. I just didn't have the, uh, the room to pick him up. I think it's a good pickup by Jerry. Yeah, I like this one too. Um, obviously, with Jer- Jerry's running back situation, he's just looking for some guys who maybe have some high upside. Everyone's running back situation. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, Jerry's got Chase Edmonds now. He also has Alexander Madison, the backup to Dalvin He's Cook. awesome. He's scoring so, a ton of points on limited uh, carries. He looks spectacular. A couple guys who, with an injury, would be in that RB2 conversation, no doubt. So I like what Jerry's doing there. Um, I also don't like it because the two guys I just mentioned, Chase Edmonds and uh, Alexander Madison, they're the backups to the two running backs, two of the running backs that I own. So I, you know, I haven't had, didn't have a chance for Madison, and I did make a bid on Chase Edmonds, and I've been twenty five dollars. I was thinking that was going to be enough to get him, but not even close. Jerry comes in with a seventy one dollar bid, and got to give kudos to him. You got to give kudos. That's what happens when you uh, go on the pod and listen. You know, you get this great advice. Before we move on, I got to ask you if Jerry was willing to trade away Chase Edmonds and Alexander Madison, who would you be willing to give up? Uh, you know, that's a good question. And right off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, don't know who I'd say. I actually kind of looked, tried to look into it um, okay. before I made the trade with Spencer just to kind of see if I had anyone that I thought I could give to Jerry or I could offer to him. Uh, the problem is, is Jerry's already pretty set at wide receiver. I have some solid kind of those mid-level receivers. Okay. So I was maybe hoping, you know, see if I give away one of those guys. But Jerry already has really good receivers. So it's kind of hard for me to make a deal for two running backs when running back is kind of his thinnest position and it's going to be hard for him to give someone up. Um, without me giving a running back in return. Um, But I also just want to maybe give a little bit of a shout out to Chris uh, for some of the auction pickups that he made. You know, it's kind of been a struggle for him these last few weeks before um, being on the worst pickup side of things. I I actually thought Chris made some decent, some decent moves on the waiver wire this week. Uh, Connor, what do you think of his pickups? Let's see. So he got Jonathan Hilleman for 30. He got Keyshawn Johnson for 15 he got Darius Slayton, who I believe he played tonight, for $9. Look, I mean, it doesn't really matter what Chris does. We all know he's going to lose this week. So, I mean, it's kind of a wash. One thing I will say is that I don't think John, Jonathan Hillman is that good. Is it Hilly Man? How do you say that last name? I think it's Hillman. but yeah, I think it's Hilly Man. Pretty sure, like pretty a man weird. a man from the Hillies. And for 30 bucks, I mean, that's 50% of your total budget. This is the third slash fourth running back on the Giants who are – not very good when they have, uh, you know, outside of uh, Wayne Gallman and Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, who, all, who are all out this week at least. Uh, I think it's okay. I'm just not a huge fan. I, Jonathan Hillyman, it's like, you know, I don't really care about Hillyman, you know? Yeah, and I, I maybe thought Chris was going to start him this week because he, he was the starting running back for the Giants. That game is wrapped up here now. Um, but he didn't go with him. So maybe kind of a little surprising that he would go $30 for him and, not, and choose not to start him. Because it sounds like Barkley's going to be back next week. And, you know, Gallman just a concussion. So, you know, injury that could keep him out for a few weeks, but not going to be a long-term thing. A mm-hmm. um, little bit of a surprise there. I uh, don't mind the Keyshawn Johnson pickup. Maybe $15 yeah, I mean, is a little targets. steep. Darius like Slayton for 9 not bad either, just considering how banged up the Giants were at receiver and pass catcher. But, so maybe not like the you know, Hall of Fame level fantasy pickups, but I think uh, Chris moving in the right direction, I would say, as far as his pickups the last few weeks and his, his roster construction uh, trending upward, which isn't saying much considering he's 0-5. It's kind of got to trend upwards, but maybe well, moving in a better projection than he would have thought. 
I think it's pretty interesting how many people tried to pick up the Chargers or the Cowboys defense. They had multiple people. Uh, you have Jordan, Jerry, even you, who put in for both defenses. Um, and, and eventually they went for 6 and $5. It's kind of funny to see people jockey around uh, for defenses. You had various amounts of bids up to between 0 and $6. It's kind of funny, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, maybe not a surprise just given their matchups. But yeah, $6, $5. Um, I think that's the most uh, defense it's gone for this year. So defense obviously being picked up pretty popular pick this week. Uh, let's break it down, our best and our worst pickups. Um, me and you both got the same person for best. Uh, I'll kick it off here. I'm going to go with Chase Edmonds for $71. I kind of touched on this already um, with Jerry's current running back situation. A little thin at the position outside of his top two. I just like him taking some chances on kind of some handcuffs, lottery ticket guys. Um, also Edmonds and Madison, if you had to start them as a flex, like let's say you were really hurt by bye weeks one week, starting them as your flex, even with their, the, per, the people they're backing up healthy, not the worst thing in the world. They do get right. some playing time and some good opportunities. So I, I did like what Jerry did here in, in getting Edmonds. Yeah, I, I got to agree. I also went with, with Chase Edmonds. Um, I mean, I didn't really like anyone on waivers this week, so I actually didn't put any bids that were worth any money. I also don't have any money to put bids for. Um, but Chase Edmonds is going to get playing time no matter what, and he obviously has the upside if David Johnson's injured. I also wanted to add that Jerry has two starting running backs and three handcuffs. I like it. Just playing the, playing the dice right now. Seeing if someone will get injured, all of a sudden he'll have a guy bump up if it's an RB1 or RB2. There were five other bids for Chase Edmonds, so obviously he was a hot commodity. The next bid was $25 by you, I believe. So obviously maybe Jerry slightly overpaid. He could have paid a little less, but that's the nice thing about the silent auction is that you don't know. And finally, I just got to add that Jordan, come on, man, $0 bid for Chase Edmonds. What kind of league you think this is, man? That's just disrespectful. So yeah, Connor, you went with the Eric Hobie strategy this week. It's true. Yeah, who, by the way, is still yet to make a pickup. And uh, Jerry now is our lowest budget remaining. He's currently sitting at $6, $2 below Jill. Which I like that play. I think that um, especially with the depth that we have in this league, the added flex spot, added bench spot, and the fact that I think it's really competitive, you got to spend that fab early. you got to get guys, and hopefully they pan out. If you wait around, eventually there's no one else to pick up. And I would say every week I feel like waivers get thinner and thinner. For sure. And uh, let's look at our worst pickup. Connor, you kind of already touched on this earlier. Um, you thought Jonathan Hillman was a bad pickup by Chris. So what, why so? Yeah, you know, Hilly Man, you know, I, I just think he's a, he's a one-week flyer. And uh, it looks like Chris didn't even play him for one week, so I like it even less. Uh, I don't even think he's that good. In fact, since the game just ended, we can see how many points he got. Have, have you checked? Because if not, I'm going I'm to tell you. He got 2.5 points. 2.5. Yeah, I bet you Gio scores more this week. I, 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 I'd probably have to take Gio on that one too. Oh, man, I was hoping to get five bucks from him. <laughs> so, I mean, really, it was kind of a one-week flyer, and I think you could have played him uh, tonight. It would have been a decent play. Obviously, Pat's D is so good. That's the thing is, like, I don't think Hilly Man's very good, right? I mean, he's the third or fourth on the depth chart. He, he didn't even really get any touches last week when they were feeding Elijah Penny. He has a bad matchup this week on a short week. I just didn't think it was worth the money. All right, and I'm going to give my worst pickup, another uh, Jerry's other pickup. So, Jerry, I gave you the best pickup. Got to give you the worst as well. I'd say Hunter Henry for $18 is not, not great. Uh, I like the player Hunter Henry. I know he's supposed to be coming back soon. I just thought the $18 uh, bid was just kind of a waste of money. Um, you're early to the Hunter Henry market, and I think knowing that, you should know that you're going to be able to get him for cheap. 
Um, still unsure if he's going to be able to play this weekend. And even if he did play this weekend, uh, you're not going to be playing him in your starting lineup. Nobody would. So I think, you know, I think Hunter Henry, you should know that he's going to be a player you can get for $0 or $1. He's probably not going to, he, his this week, who knows if he plays his upcoming matchups are pretty tough as well. I just think the $18 was just kind of lighting $18 on fire. I'm fine with the player Hunter Henry, but just uh, not a big fan of the the dollar amount. Um, so we also had a uh, McCory picked up Delaney Walker for $30 after the waiver period, or at least because he was dropped. So I got a question for you, dude. Would you rather have Delaney Walker for 30 bucks or Hunter Henry for 18 uh, I mean, I'd probably rather have Hunter Henry for 18 because, like we mentioned earlier, I really don't want to play anyone on the Titans unless it's Derrick Henry. And, yeah, I, I, I put this in the notes as one of my other worst pickups, the $30 bid on Walker, just because, like, there's – the tight end market has never been – that that much you know it's there's never there hasn't been any tight ends yet who have gone for close to that price so why would you think that dirty dollars is going to be needed to be spent on delaney walker who outside of like uh you know i think he had maybe one big week this year uh early yeah, on I think it was week one but since that he's been pretty lackluster so you know a little surprised mm-hmm. by mccory's pickup so yeah 20 points the first week for walker he had 9.9 one other week but 1.5, the other weeks. A little surprise there. And then it's kind of along the same lines, this is kind of wasted money. Antonio Brown was picked up by Spencer for $10. Um, I think it's pretty obvious at that point, at this point, that you could just have him for a zero. Or if you're really worried, you could probably just bid $1 or $2 because if someone else is going to make a bid, it's probably going to be for zero as well. So I was kind of confused on that one as well. Shout out Kyle Davis. Exactly. Uh, Antonio Brown, originally a member of Kyle Davis, but uh, not a member of any team currently except Spencer's. But we'll have to see how long that lasts. Uh, we also had a few trades. Kind of touched on them a little bit so far. So the first one uh, came after we recorded last week's pod. It was on Saturday. Eldo Beckham for Aaron Jones and Deontay Johnson. Um I obviously dealt Aaron Jones before his four touchdown game, so you know a little disappointing. And Odo yeah. Beckham with only yeah. two catches. Why would you Monday deal night. him right before he had a four I can't, touchdown you know, game? I, I do, you know, you guys. I do have a lot of powers, but seeing the future is not one of them. What are your obviously. powers? Um, you know, I'm really good at. Uh, turning on the TV and sitting on the couch to watch football. Nice. And uh, pretty good at uh, putting my socks on one at a time, but uh, that's about it. Wow, but, clearly uh, you're good at self-promotion as well. <laughs> but yeah, seeing the future, not something I can do. But I, I you know, I'm still going to defend myself. Obviously, I at the time I thought it was a good trade for me. I definitely upgraded at at wide receiver while dealing the worst of my three running backs. I was, you know, kind of had high hopes for Odell going against the 49ers. Not a great defense. I think he's going to be able to bounce back and kind of prove that he was a top five receiver. And he did the opposite of that. He kind of gave me a lot more worries than high hopes. Um, and then Deontay Johnson was kind of just a throw in to get the deal done. I just wanted to give Ben a receiver to kind of make him feel better about the deal. Um, but yeah, but now I'm not, that trade has turned itself around pretty fast here because yesterday I turned around and dealt Odell Beckham to Spencer and got two running backs in return. 
I got Damian Williams and Sonny Michelle who played tonight. Uh, I've talked enough now. Let's hear some of your thoughts on this, Connor, before I give my analysis. That is very astute of you. You have talked enough. You know, I will say I think that the initial trade, OBJ for Aaron Jones, Deontay Johnson, I kind of just I thought it was kind of a wash, but I would definitely don't think you got the better end. I think that Ben benefited the most from that situation. I think that OBJ is on a not a great offense. He's I think he had one big game, and that's about it. Um, not really someone I'm shooting to get. In fact, if I was you know trying to give up Aaron Jones, I'd hopefully get a good wide receiver, someone who's maybe in the top 25. I don't think OBJ is. Um, but then again, your second trade I really liked, uh, dealing him to Spencer for Damon Williams and Sony Michelle. Now, obviously, both of those guys – actually, they're really similar. They're both guys who I think people pegged as going to be the lead back before the season, and now it's pretty clear they're both kind of in a uh, running back by committee. But I think having two guys who could score at running back position, given the matchup, given the week, given injuries, gives you a lot of flexibility with your lineup later on. And I'm not a huge OB, OBJ fan. So uh, I think overall, you did a good job improving your team. I also think that Ben did a good job. And Spencer, I'm going to give you the, the shaky button. A little shaky, dude. Yeah, and uh, really the reason I wanted to do this is just kind of to improve the depth of my team because where I was sitting after the trade, I had two really good running backs, two stud running backs, Dalvin Cook and David Johnson. And then after that, there's just a huge drop-off on my team. Like the next best running back on my team is probably Ito Smith, which is, you know, not terrible. Ito Smith is fine, but... He's better than you. Yeah, better than definitely better than me, but not someone you're going to feel really confident if, say, Dalvin Cook or David Johnson were to go down with injury. I would be having to start one of those guys every week. So in making this trade, I was kind of just trying to get some insurance, some depth to where if I did sustain a running back injury, I would still be in a, a good position to make that championship push. Yeah. So I was able to pick up two running backs who I can you know, play as my flexes now every week and deal OBJ, and I still like who I have at receiver with uh, Robert Woods and DJ Chark and michael gallup and john brown i still i only have to start two receivers a week most week and only having to start two of those guys i think puts me in a good position gives me gives me some depth at wide receiver and running back moving forward you know i gotta i gotta be honest with you um so when i was looking at the auction report and i was looking at your team after these trades i was like really confused so i went back to a previous auction report some of you might remember september 25th when Wayne Gallman went off the board or whatever, I was really trying to get on the Gallman train. You picked up Michael Gallup for $2. Guys, everyone in the league, if you're listening, what the fuck? We can't let Eric pick up Michael Gallup for $2. My excuse is that I was in Wisconsin and I was uh, training all day and then I had, had to hang out with this awful coworker all night. So I, it was hard for me to get away. I was also jet lagged, yada, yada, yada. Excuse number four, excuse number five. But I'm really disappointed in the league for allowing Eric to get Michael Gallup for $2. That is ridiculous. Yeah, and I think, you know, at the time he was, he was injured, so expected out two to four weeks, and it ended up being two weeks. Um, but I was fine if he would have had to sit out four, um, being able to hold on to him because I think he has kind of, you know, potential to be a top 30 receiver uh, moving forward. But uh, enough, enough of me talking about my team because most of you really don't give a shit. So let's talk about some of your teams and breaking down our week six matchups. Um, what's but first before we do that, let's look at some of the records of our picks so far. So no guests this week, so our guests won't be able to improve on their record. But our guests Thank are God, sitting no at guests. a perfect, they're sitting at a guests, perfect 500. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> don't even help the show out. Seriously. 
but our guests are sitting at a perfect 500 at 15-15. Jerry last Literally week. Literally, flip a coin. Jerry with the pedestrian 2-4 and four last week uh, after Hovey going 4-2 and two the week before. Connor, you were our, our best last week with a 3-3 three and three record. But with that, you sit at 14 and 16, still in last place. And I am now 18 and 12, even after a two and four week. Uh, four games ahead of Connor, uh, as far as the total picks. Yeah, so, you know, you, if I'm picking your team, you should feel a lot more confident and a lot better about your team than uh, if I am. You know, the worst part of what I'm realizing is that, yeah, I'm 14 and six, but I choose my own team to win every week. So really, with your guys, I'm nine and sixteen. So I'm not really doing that well. <laughs> not at all. That's why track. You know, I don't want to be a fifty-fifty guy like all these guests. What? What is this? Fifty percent win, fifty percent lose. That's bullshit. If I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose big. Okay. Exactly. So let's start uh, breaking it down and. Uh, I think we should start with our game of the week. That's the Battle of the Bros. Battle of the Bros. Uh, myself, Eric, taking on the other side of the the other half of the Erickson brothers, Joe, um, Connor. I'll kick it. Some might first. say the better half. You know, I mean, depending on who we ask. If, yeah, pretty much. But uh, Connor, I'm gonna kick it to you first to give your pick. Well, actually, I have a quick question back to you because I need a little bit of help. This is real close to call. I gotta ask, Eric, if you were to ask your parents who their favorite child was, who would they say? Um, I'm going to plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. Okay. If I ask my parents, they'd totally say me because my sister's crazy. So now that you plead the fifth, I got to go by football teams, I guess. So I'm actually going to take you this week. I'm taking Eric. For some reason, uh, ESPN has Joe projected 102 points. I was kind of laughing at myself. I'm like, well, that's Tristan numbers right there. But then I went and actually looked at his team. He has a ton of guys on by. He's got T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, Allen Robinson all on by. So that's a real tough week for Joe. I know he just picked up Debo Samuel and he's playing him. I mean, that's a bad spot. Robbie Anderson, who obviously has the talent, but with Sam Donald out the past couple weeks, hasn't been playing well. To me, this seems like a position where Joe is clearly going to have to punt the week a little bit. He's playing a solid team. He's got a lot of guys on by. So it's really not looking good for him. I got to go with you, Eric. Yeah, I'm going with myself as well. You hit on it. Uh, four starters probably on by for Joe this week. Also, Wayne Gallman was out with the concussion, so that's a fifth starter out for Joe. Um, I had two guys going tonight. Not the best of performances, but not the worst either. Sonny Michelle with 12.3 points. I just got to say the Patriots had three goal, uh, first and goal from the one. The first one, Brandon Bolton got the touchdown, and then the other two... Sonny Michelle was in, but Tom Brady snuck him in both times. So uh, Michelle, with the potential, if you know he punches one or two of those in for a huge night, he finishes this twelve point three. But I'm still happy with that. Um, but I, I'm going with myself. Too much, too much on out this week for Joe as far as buys and injuries. So hopefully, I'll be improving to five and one. Now I gotta because you I didn't know that until you said it. Brandon Bolden got a touchdown. That means he's got a touchdown every week for the last three weeks. Is this a guy you're going to be targeting on waivers? Brandon Bolden, the special teamer for the New England Patriots. Uh, I think it's tough because you just don't know if he's going to be that guy who's in in the goal to go situation. That's really his his only upside is if he scores a touchdown. So, uh, you know, if I was really desperate, like if I was Tristan or Chris desperate, then maybe I'd go with them. But uh, oh god, on my team desperate. on my roster. Uh, I'm already I'm, I'm already past that. Fair enough. All right, Connor, let's look at your matchup. Do we need to even need to look? 
mean, uh, after the Thursday night game, this one this is looking interesting. Now you're in a 27 to zero hole, taking on Tristan. You're currently projected to lose now 124.2 to 118. Um, how are you feeling now after that matchup, and who are you going with? So, uh, obviously, I'm still going with myself. I'm not really worried. I mean, 27 points by the Pats D. I guarantee you right now, that's the highest scoring player that Tristan's going to have. My team is nasty. I can't lose. We all know that Chris is going to lose. And obviously, when Chris loses, I win. You know, it's actually kind of funny. I was talking to uh, my friend Spencer this week. He actually had a really funny uh, anecdote. Well, not an anecdote. Just that he pointed out how the Pats D is by far the best defense. And yet Tristan's one in four. So I'm not really sure how Tristan can be one in four with the Pats D. What I will say is that out of all the players in fantasy, if you include quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers, the Pats D before tonight is the 12th most scoring player in fantasy. After a 27 point performance, I bet you that's going to be in the top 10. So clearly Tristan saw something. He's a defensive savant. I got to give him some credit. But once again, he's starting Corey Davis. And Jason Witten, Marvin Jones, Mike Williams. I mean, I'm not really too. I'm not really too worried, man. I, my team is stacked, so I think it's going to be a clear victory for me. Yeah, I, I, even though even with the big front capacity, I'm still going to go with you, Connor, because like you said, it's probably going to be his highest scoring player. I think Matt Ryan's really the only other guy that could come close to that with his matchup against Arizona. Uh, I do, I do like your team this week. I like Rodgers against Detroit, even though he hasn't been great this year. I do like that matchup, and I like both of your running backs, and it could be for high-scoring weeks. Chris Thompson going against Miami, and Christian McCaffrey against Tampa Bay. So despite the whole year, and I'm going to go with you. So that's that's two clean sweeps so far for our top teams. Let's take a look at our next matchup here. That's I think this is going to be a pretty big matchup as far as the playoff standings and how they go moving forward. That's Hovey's Heroes taking on Spencer's Fencers. A, a, a great matchup as far as the teams and as far as the names after Spencer's team name change. Uh, I'm going to go with Spencer in this one. Uh, I think I really like a lot of his matchups this week. I think Toby has some tough matchups as well. And Deshaun Watson with a huge week last week. I think going against Kansas City this week, I think that's going to be a really high-scoring game. So I really like Watson in that one as well. You know, I got to be honest with you, I'm taking the other side. I think that – and everyone knows I'm a, I'm a big fan of Hobie's team. I'm an even bigger fan of Hobie the gentleman. What I will say is that, to be honest, this week, Spencer's – I'm not a huge fan of some of his, his matchups he's got going on. Greg Olson is so hit or miss, especially with Cam out. I mean, he might just lay a goose egg. Who knows? I don't like Devontae Freeman this week. Um, I mean, he's all over the place. And, yeah, sure, I think that Matt Ryan will have a good week, but that doesn't mean they're actually going to run the ball that much. Marquise Brown has been fighting an injury, and he's also been really spotty. And OBJ also spotty. I mean, you look at these guys that I've just listed, and, yeah, they have the opportunity to score 20 points. But they also can score five. So it's a lot of boomer bust players that he has in his lineup. Well, to take a look at Hovey's team, he is much more consistent. Please ignore Mike Evans and maybe Joe Mixon. But I think that overall, Hovey's team is better, and I think he's going to take the dub. Yeah, I'd actually argue. I'd like, I like. Really, I actually like Devonta Freeman this week going against Arizona, a pretty soft defense. Um, I think I would like him maybe over some other running backs you like. So maybe we can get a bet going there um, as we look at the rest of the matchups. Um, but let's move forward on to uh, another another pretty big time matchup as far as the standings. That's Jerry's Berries is taking on AMAC Kyle Davis, and Jerry's off to a nine zero lead after James White gets nine points in the Thursday night game. 
but Andrew's still projected to win. That's he's projected one sixteen point one to Jerry's one eleven point four. Right, start but with... that's because Hunter Henry's projected zero points right now. He's not going to play. Yeah, so yeah, Jerry going with Hunter Henry there to fill in for Darren Waller. Probably will have to go with someone new there. Um, so curious right. to see if he has to drop Hunter Henry after spending eighteen dollars on him, as I mentioned earlier. But uh, Connor, let's let's go to you. Who do you like? So uh, this is tough. I'm going to go with McCorry, though. You know, he, his running backs have a lot of tough matchups. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Philip Lindsay, and James Conner are all fighting against the number 6, 7, and 15th run defenses in the league. So I'm not a huge fan of that setup, especially James Conner having some injury issues and having a big question at running or at quarterback with Devlin Hodges. But at the same time, Jerry is Hunter Henry, who's probably not going to play. His other tight end, Darren Waller, is on bye. He's got to pick up a tight end. Who's he going to pick up? Fuck if I know. Look at Tyree Kill. He's probably not going to play either. So, I mean, really, there's so many questions with Jerry's team. It's it's hard to tell if he's actually going to play well. Look at Cooper Cuff, who's been on fire. The San Francisco defense has been awesome against the pass. I think San Francisco is going to blow out the Rams this weekend. I think that McCorry's going to take the victory. Yeah, I'm going to go with McCorry as well. You kind of hit, hit it on everybody with Jerry. Some major question marks as far as his starting lineup right now and whether actually he's going to be playing those guys. Um, Cooper Cup, you obviously really like him, but I have some question marks about Tyra Lockett and the matchup against Cleveland. Um, obviously, some high upside with Lamar Jackson. That's the only thing that would scare me about Jerry's team really Lamar Jackson going against Cincy he could be in for a big day but uh I like true. I like uh Amax team this week he's got a just a really solid looking lineup nothing that really stands out as sexy but just solid across the board I like his his flex plays he's got going on I think that's going to be a big difference maker James Conner and DJ Moore um I really like what he's going on there so I'm going to go with McCory to improve the five and one um, moving on, let's look at our our winless team here. We got Chris taking on Ben, a big winner last week, our highest scoring team. Um, Chris currently leads 4.7 to 0. He gets 4.7 points from Darius Slayton, his waiver pickup this week. He's still projected to win. This is our, probably our lowest scoring projected matchup. Chris projected 100 to 92.1 for Ben. Um, ben does have Devontae Adams currently in the starting lineup, and he's projected 0. So things could change there. But uh, I'm going to go in this one. I'm going to go with Chris to get his first victory. Um, I predicted Chris last week. I thought he had a strong chance to win, um, but he didn't get it done. I, I, I like Mahomes and Zeke this week. I feel like I say this every week, but I, I, I really do like the matchups there. And with Devontae Adams most likely being out for Ben, um, that's obviously a big loss. So I'm going to go with Chris. And I'm going to take the opposite. I'm taking Ben. You know, there are a couple guys on Chris's team I really like. I mean, he's got a lot of eggs in one basket with the Houston versus Kansas City game. He's got Mahomes, Duke Johnson, Hopkins, and Hardman. Um, I question some of his decision-making, though. He played Darius Slayton over Brandon Cooks and Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not sure, sure what about that. that. Was. Uh, well, well uh, you know that that's that's par for the course, though. You know, the poor stay poor, <laughs> as I like to say. Now, but you look at take uh, at Ben's team, and honestly, I didn't even look at, at his team. I just know that because Chris is my polar opposite in terms of fantasy, I know I'm going to win, so I know he's going to lose. So, pretty easy one for me this week. All right, and last but not least. We have our only matchup that had two people with teams with people playing tonight. That's Jordan taking on Curtis. And that one is currently with Jordan as the leader. He has 23 points to 15.8 from Curtis. Curtis had Edelman going tonight, finished with a solid 15.8. 
Jordan had Tom Brady, but also Josh Gordon, who got injured and had just one catch. Um, Brady did finish with 21.8 points, though, with uh, a couple of rushing touchdowns. So uh, let's start with you, Connor. Who do you like? Actually, it's funny. I'm just looking at Julian Edelman. He actually had 15 targets tonight. That's insane. Uh, no touchdowns for the squirrel. Um, what I will say is I like Jordan's team a lot. I'm going to go with Jordan. He, I think there's some opportunities for some boom plays uh, if you look at Will Fuller against Kansas City, you look at Keenan Allen against Pittsburgh, those are matchups I both really like. He already has 20 points from Tom Brady, who, I mean, obviously we're doing this after the Thursday night game, so kind of a wash. I'm going to have to go with Jordan. I think he's got a solid day ahead of him. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jordan as well. Um, I liked Brady, obviously, going into the matchup tonight, and he has a good game. I also really like Mark Ingram and Julio Jones to bounce back this week. I think Cincinnati D has you know, been shredded by running backs this year. So I like Ingram, and with Julio Jones going against Arizona, I think he's in for a big game. I also think, uh, looking at Curse's lineup here, Melvin Gordon, I like him this week, but Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders That's rough. having to play them both within a really tough matchup, too, going against Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, I really don't like either of those guys, and having to start both of them, um, not the best situation to be in. You think that you would rather start, instead of playing Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, you think you'd rather play Adrian Peterson, maybe a different flex spot, maybe D.D. Westbrook? Uh, yeah, maybe I like Stephon Diggs in the flex. I don't mind him going against Philly if there's a team he's going to be able to do well against. Right, it's going right. to be the Eagles. So I like that. But yeah, maybe Peterson, uh, just based on the matchup. You know, well, I mean, if, Peterson if Washington's for... going to win a game this year, it's going to be against Miami. So True. if there's going to be a game where Washington has positive game flow script for Peterson, it would be this weekend. So, um, you know, Sanders does have that pass catching ability. So you could say, you know, if Philly falls behind, Sanders will be in there, but then, you know, Howard might not get as much run either. And actually, I think the Chargers D could do really well this week. I'm not really sure uh, what the Steelers are doing on offense anymore with so many injuries and so many issues. So that could be a, a nice play too. And I don't think they're going to score 27 like the Pats, but who knows? And in that one, Curtis is projected to Victor 116.3 to 105.4, but both of us going with the underdog there. And uh, that's all the matchups for each week. So that's going to do it for today's episode of the pod. Um, hope you guys enjoyed listening. Connor, got any last-second last, last announcements or anything? Anybody oh, hell yeah. I just want to – absolutely. Thanks for giving it back to me. I always love when you dish it back. You know, I feel like I'm like that spot-up shooter, you know, and we kind of do that give and go, except, you know, instead of me driving to the hole, you know I can't jump. Obviously, I, I drive and pop, get out the three-point line, hit a couple swishes. Don't forget, December 21st at Art Marble 21 in South Lake Union. We're doing an EEIG meetup. Uh, I'm buying the first round of drinks. Hopefully, it'll be a fun time. I'm going to actually be in Seattle hopefully that whole weekend. I uh, believe I'm going to the Seahawks game the next day, so that'd be kind of fun if anyone wants to grab tickets. I'll see you there. They're playing the Cardinals, which, uh, you know, as someone who used to live in Arizona, I actually went to that game three years in a row down there, and I saw the Cardinals play at the Clink last year. So this is my fifth time seeing them play this matchup, and you know what? I'm not even tired of it. So hope to see you guys there December 21st. All right, and then make sure you get in that FanDuel contest as well. $5 buy-in. You can just Venmo me. And hope to see all you in there, and we'll catch all you guys next week with the next episode of the pod. Thanks for listening. Thanks.